The Final Furlong podcast is proudly sponsored by Coral. Look out for exclusive Final Furlong smart boosts on attheraces.com. The smart money's on Coral. BeGambleAware.org 18+. The Final Furlong podcast is brought to you in association with attheraces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans. Welcome along to the Final Furlong podcast as we preview the weekend's racing. I'm Emma Kennedy alongside At The Races Pundit. Who will we go for for the famous hello first? Let's go for Declan Hello. Oh, miserable. You just yeah, I know. I just can't rattled. see Kevin's work. I can't. Too much hate from Kevin's band of trolls online. Kevin doesn't yeah. have a band of trolls. No way, does he? <laughs> Kevin I'm, just getting an, I'm getting over an old dose of equine flu as well there. Oh, so, you God know, I'm not right. We're going to touch on that straight away with a view to the weekend's runners. Kevin Blake from At The Races and Sky Sports Racing is alongside me as well. Hello! There we go. There we go. Oh, yes. I, I just, a, to rub it, just to rub it in, he goes for a big one. Then, I, like, oh, yeah, I yeah. did a fist like, pump for it's that. Like, it's like chocolate for the ears. <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. You are very, very welcome to the dulcet tones of Kevin Blake's massive hello. And if you oh, stay listening right. to the end of the podcast, you might find out <laughs> what else is massive about Kevin Blake. But before we find out that out, Equine Flu has oh, definitely... <laughs> what a start. I was going to talk about the size of your wallet. <laughs> Get it out of the gutter. I don't, I, I don't have a wallet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, and I, I promise you, I'm fundamentally opposed to the whole concept of wallets. I have never had one. I never will have one. I think they're stupid. Just got to put that out there. I hear three inches. There's three inches that keeps producer D happy. You know that? Oh, Jesus Christ. It goes, it goes, it goes in Kevin's wallet. Hey! hey! Don't leave home without it. Right. Uh, <laughs> equine flu has definitely had an impact on the declarations over the weekend. I noticed that the skeletons in particular had runners and now don't. Uh, and Ollie Murphy, who was saying, this is an absolute shambles, is also a, a noticeable absentee from the weekend. So, Rixie, a, a number of trainers been affected by the new rules for running under equine flu from the BHA. Yeah, there's plenty there, unfortunately. Um, just just one of those things. But um, yeah, look, I think you mentioned Ollie Murphy already there. It looks like Dan Skelton as well. Nicky Henderson's one that um, is, an, I think Nicky actually tweeted a list of his horses that wouldn't be eligible, which I thought was very good of him because uh, I think we're still in the dark a little bit here until maybe decks come out or, or trainers make a statement. But um, um, I suppose looking at the more positive side of things, uh, trainers like uh, Colin Tizard who does his string twice a year and Paul Nichols who always does his string in January they are all good to go and um, praise the Lord Ruth Jefferson's string is good to go because we finally get to see waiting patiently on a race course again yeah which is good don't speak too soon not there yet (laughs) hopefully hopefully we will Um, there's a there's a story today about a 16 strong syndicate the owners of uh, Leon Cavello, who I was very keen on for the Betfair hurdle, actually, um, but obviously all bets got scrapped once that that once the race got moved, um, and they've said that the BHA have robbed them of winning the Betfair hurdle, and also potentially uh, that their chance of winning a race at the Cheltenham Festival has also gone up in smoke too. Kevin, your reaction to that statement? Um, yeah, look, a bit, bit, bit hysterical, really. Um, ah, look, look. Some trainers have been affected by this worse than others, but in in real practice, I, I don't think we'll notice a wild amount of difference to the weekend's racing. I will be missing a few, but not loads. It's not the end of the world. I think those that are were affected by this um, have shouted quite loudly, but I think there's plenty um, that aren't affected by it that you haven't heard from, and we'll be just fine, lads. The world will keep turning. Cheltenham will still be here in four weeks. We'll be grand. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Leon Cavello can't run in the £155,000 bet for a hurdle because of the crazy new BHA flu rule. That is from the Value Racing Club's Twitter. That is what they've officially had to say on it. Uh, fair play. Right, let's go on to the race itself. Al Dancer heads the betting at 3-1. to one. As I look at the prices on attheraces.com, you can also see the race cards on the At The Races app. Getaway Trump, 3-1. to one. He has hammered in the betting, but then again, this market is very much changed uh, since the race was supposed to be run last Saturday. Did they leave you out too? He's 8-1 to one for Barry Garrity. Uh, Lisp and Alan King, 9-1. to one. And Bally Andy, 
old Moonracer sparring partner, 12 to 1. There's your Moonracer mention for this week's podcast. Uh, the Betfair Hurdle, Rixie, who do you think is this going to come down to? Is it all about Big Nige? Was he cheering and shouting and yelling so much because he knows he has this race in the bag? Well, yeah, that that could. But don't forget, Paul Nichols was the other man shouting mm. or in hollering because, and he had the second favorite. So maybe we should. Uh, it's uh, maybe we should just wrap this race up by going reverse forecast and move on. But, I'm uh, done. Brilliant. Uh, Thanks, Rixie. Kevin. Done. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> that's that's what you pay me the big bucks for. That no worries. <laughs> but yeah, look, it's um, I'd say kind of just before we touch on this um, um, just kind of pace wise again. Unfortunately, we. We still don't know kind of the, the full feel of what's going to run or what trainers have been affected and, and so on. But um, just looking at this race from a pace angle, this has the potential to get a little bit messy. I could only see Blue Cavalier, who was the only horse in there, who was kind of like an out and out front runner, consistently uh, front run. So I'm I'm would be looking against hold up horses and I would be looking towards those horses who who like to travel up up in the van and yeah look I think that the horse that kind of fits that profile as well as the, the overall race profile of, of novices and, and young progressive horses having a good um, a good chance is is Nigel Twist and Dance uh, Twi- <laughs> Nigel Twist and Dancer <laughs> Nigel Twist <laughs> Nigel Twist and Davis is Al Dancer so yeah look this this lad is ridiculously impre- uh, progressive, should I say? He he bolted up was it 64 days ago at the Cheltenham December meeting, beating Dan Skelton's not that fusé uh, by 11 lengths. And look, he was ridiculously impressive. Um, he's a horse that travels well now. I I've kind of I've kind of got down on my notes about him and also about Getaway Trump. Is they they could they could really do with having a stronger pace just to help help them settle. Al Dancer wears a hood. So look, it's that would be another potential worry if they, if they were kind of keen and kind of pulled their chance away, especially Al Dancer because he hasn't run now in 64 days. So maybe he's going to be a little bit fresh and well. But look, they, I think it, it's not a race to kind of get too clever in. And I'm just going to go with, with those kind of those two really progressive horses. But for me, Al Dancer kind of has the, the shape of a more um, first and foremost most I think he's going to be he's going to sit further forward than get away Trump and he's he travels he travels probably just as well as him and he looks just more of a natural two miler at the moment so um, yeah look Al Dancer for me is is the horse that's going to, to take a lot of, a hell of a lot of a beating actually at the prices I was interested in in Paul Nichols's um, other horse uh, Montel Aval the the lack of pace is a big worry for him because he he kind of he was very keen the last day at Ascot uh, at their Christmas meeting behind Mohaed uh, off what was a flat-out gallop, and he was still keen then. But if Larkin Williams can get him settled, just kind of maybe, and come with a run, that kind of 10 to 1 or whatever could look a little bit big. But, um, yeah, look, it's a trappy race pace-wise, but I do I do think um, Aldancer is, is the most likely winner. OK, so after all that, you're going with Aldancer the favourite. Fantastic, Rixie. <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah. Uh, also, all watch right, out ooh, for ooh, Nigel Twiston Davis. Showing off in front of the listeners again. Uh, watch out for <laughs> Nigel Twiston Davis coming to Strictly Come Dancing uh, later yeah. this year. Obviously, Rixie <laughs> knows that Big Nige will be uh, getting his new name, Nige Dancer. Uh, Kevin, <laughs> for you, it's, to be fair, these two horses do really stand out. It, can you make it is, it, is it all about them for you as well? Uh, what was the second one there, Kenners? There was, there was Al Dancer. And there Monte Avalia, uh, Paul Nichols. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going with that pronunciation, don't care. It's guilty pleasure, Kennedy's pronunciations. <laughs> <laughs> Monday of um, I actually weirdly came came to a, a not dissimilar conclusion to, to Rixie in terms of how this might pan out. You'd, um, you'd love to see more pace in a race like this, um, but there doesn't seem to be a whole lot on paper. Um, doesn't mean it'll pan out that way, but it would raise concerns if you had one that um, was likely to be held up and needed a real strong gallop. Um, the one I found myself leaning towards was, did they leave you out too, um, Nick Gifford? He was very good at Linkfield. I think it, the, the, um, he, he put up monstrous uh, closing sectionals that day. Went to Ascot, one of the bumper. Um, child, I'm a little bit disappointing, but but there you go. Um, he's actually very closely related to um, Denman. His dam is an unraced half-sister to him. Um, so the fact that he could be showing the type of pace he was in bumpers would, would get you a bit jiggy. 
um, in terms of what he could do when he goes over her when he went over hurdles. And his first two starts were good, I thought. Um, didn't win by far, but um, I wouldn't knock him for that. I thought his, his win over Thomas Darby was was quite impressive. Um, Thomas Darby is, is a good, solid horse. And the way he travelled caught the eye. And of course, last time, you know, he strictly probably ran to a similar level of form, but was a bit disappointing because you would have hoped he would have found some improvement. But I don't want to knock him too much for that. I just, I suspect we didn't see the very best of him that day. He comes into a handicap here off, off a mark of 139, which which isn't unreasonable. We know all these horses tend to get overrated as novices, and that doesn't look especially especially hard. Um, and he just is one of those now that I think a, a typical nature of a handicap would probably suit him a small bit better than those small field novices. Um, of course, qualifying that with, with, with the aforementioned notion that this might not be really well run. Um, but I... Barry Garrett, he's chalked up to ride him. Um, I suspect there's more improvement to come. The fact that we haven't seen him for kind of seven weeks would suggest that maybe all wasn't quite well after that run at Kempton. Um, so, yeah, I'd give him a chance. I think he's a fair price. And uh, it wouldn't be a shock to me if he went very close here and kind of put himself perhaps maybe even in the in what is a very wide open supreme novices hurdle pitcher yeah we're going to have him on the the panel obviously for the at the races cheltenham preview night which kevin and i are very much looking forward to i know that barry on the night and when we were on get in with them as well only a few weeks before that he was quite sweet on him as a bumper horse they thought an awful lot of him so maybe it is just a case that things didn't go right for him last time out behind mr fisher and if that's the case kev he's probably nicely handicapped I think so. I think so. You know, if he if he'd run any better than he had, he, he'd be higher than he was now. You know, even though he was beating fourteen lengths, you know, at those weights, it probably was a similar enough performance to what he did the time before. So uh, that run has saved him a higher mark, and he might well be able to capitalise on that here and, and you know, in good valuable handicap. And to be fair to Frank, it's mad how so, it's. They've they've done well in the past with this race. Get me out of here was a novice when he then yeah. ended up getting touched off in the Supreme, having won this. Uh, might tend to yours, very same. He got beaten by Champagne Fever, so we'll see. Um, Rixie, your your point there? No, I was just going to say it's funny how some of these horses on the third run before they go into a handicap seem to run below par sometimes. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> to, to be fair, Rixie, he's won his previous two starts over hurdles. <laughs> <laughs> one of two to five. I, I know what I know what you're saying there, Rixie, but I don't know if that applies this this time. <laughs> hey, I I'm not saying nothing. That's <laughs> Rixie. I because I've got tight lips as well, Blay. <laughs> I think we're just gonna get you a new sweeper that is just that's Rixie. You know, it's a bit like Quagmire on Family Guy. It's like, oh, it's just another Rixie one. <laughs> that Rixie, you couldn't be up to him at all. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, one just, certainty I'm, here I'm is... Not uh, saying, it, I'm not saying there was something wrong. I'm just going to heavily imply it. <laughs> well, one certainty here, right? And I'll call it before it happens, is that if Al Dancer wins, we'll say, or if did, did they leave you out two wins, you know what's going to happen, right? And I'll call it now before it happens... You know, for a novice to win a, a handicap like this off a mark of around 140, it'll come out as, as a big figure and you'll get the time form boys. And I love the time form boys, I used to work for them, but you'll get all of them now get wicked excited coming down to the Supreme Novice. <laughs> oh, Al Dancer is already good enough to win a typical running of the Supreme Novices. It must make him an excellent bet. <laughs> we see, we see it. I probably should have done that in the Northern accent, <laughs> it would have been more effective. <laughs> But it happens every time, every time. boy, give it to them time form scumbags. <laughs> Actually, you know yourself. You know yourselves, lads. It's only it's about opportunity. If you ran every fan, every horse that was fancied for a supreme novice in a handicap a few weeks before, uh, you know one of them is going to bolt up and put themselves up on a very high mark. You know exactly. And so even better, others and even, had the opportunity. An even better one. Than that, Kev. Sorry, cutting across you like a big ignorant pig again. <laughs> An even better one than that is when the, the weights for the Grand National come out, which is actually quite topical. And horses start winning then um, after the weights are released. The buys a time for more, they start licking their lips and wetting themselves. <laughs> Uh, poor, old, poor old Dan Barber is just having a meltdown. Uh, the mug has <laughs> been smashed against the wall. 
Uh, and he's and he's reaching for the phone to call Rixie. Uh, we'll go. Yeah, what, what were the examples? Hold on a minute remember, now. Please start. My, my tent of yours, get me out my of tent here. You, my tent of yours was a big one now. I remember that well. Get me out of here was, <laughs> couldn't, was a big one as well. Who, there was another one, though, wasn't there? There was another oh, one I that did, all the, the Cheltenham preview nights and, and the articles well, it, couldn't be stopped. It was, sure, it was sure. Well, I wouldn't say it wouldn't be stopped. Was it probably Kalashnikov last year, was it? Oh, that could be it, actually, Rixie. It could be Kalashnikov. Ballyandy. That's who I was thinking of. Time for boys. We still love you. And um, Dan Barber, don't be <laughs> sending us strong tweets. Just point your hatred and derision towards Declan Ricks. Uh, the 355, <laughs> the Betfair Ascot After Blake Chase. started it. Well, to be fair uh, to the Blakester, you, fin- you finished it, Rixie. You finished well, it. Yeah. No, I, I was, I was Blake, only making it. Uh, Blake is worse than that Declan Rice fella, sure. And he, and he working it. If I see uh, one more, I like, his, I like his songs. To be fair, if I see Two snakes in the grass, boy. If I see one more, first they took our potatoes, then they took our rice joke on Twitter. Just like, oh, it was funny the first time. Stop doing it. Jeez, and the, the man, famine was the never man. funny, Emmett. Too soon, too soon. Just, <laughs> too soon. I'm so sorry. Too soon. By the way, the man grew up in the United Kingdom, for God's sakes. His parents grew up in the United Kingdom. I'm pretty sure it's all right that he can play for England. If that's what he wants to, to be, do, he can play for them. And to be fair, that cannonball is a great song. That's Damien Rice. Same oh. fella. <laughs> Betfair Ascot Chase waiting patiently is declared for Ruth Jefferson and Brian Hughes currently heading the betting at 7 to 4 surname 11 to 4 dear me we're getting 7 to 2 about Politolog uh, Fox Norton <laughs> 6 to 1 Charbel 12s uh, and ASO 16s so Rixie we'll go with you again uh, waiting patiently they did wait patiently and it worked out horribly in the King George um, that day Politolog went round but probably doesn't really stay and surname comes into this on the back of a very impressive performance in handicap company last time out winning by 21 lengths but to me it's about waiting patiently and politolog they're the two that that really stand out for me what's your interpretation of this race yeah i'd, I'd agree um maybe not so much on politolog but in in terms of kind of real Top top notch form horse. It, it, it is waiting patiently, and that kind of one real. He's he's got a couple of pieces, two or three pieces of really good form. But his win in this race last year when he beat Q Card, um, when they were I don't know they were they were fourteen or fifteen lengths clear of fraud on back in third. Um, that that was really impressive. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to see him. Then he didn't go to Cheltenham. Uh, I don't think he was ever going to go there uh, anyway. Then he didn't go to Aintree. So, as you said, we we have been waiting patiently. Uh, we didn't get to see him in, in the King George, but he was brought down when uh, Bristol Demoy fell at the, the last fence in the home straight. Uh, we didn't get to see much of him, obviously, but um, there, there was positives, I think, to be to be taken in, in what we did see of him. Uh, under Brian Hughes, he did travel well and he was jumping well. He, he looked he looked keen, nice and fresh, happy to be happy to be back, really. And he was jumping well before he came down. So look, um, he didn't have a hard race there, uh, and he comes into the, this race uh, a fresher horse than most. He is clearly the most likely winner um, at a track where he's put up his career best performance and look the rate the race I think sets up pretty well for him here just in terms of pace you've got Aso, Charbel and um, and Surname who are probably likely to be on or forcing the pace so look it's going to be honest and Brian Hughes uh, you know takes his time on this horse who likes to be held up anyway so the race everything looks set up for a for a perfect run um what i would say a small potential caveat is just looking at the ground ascot uh, released a going update yesterday which was the th- uh wednesday the 13th and it was good to soft soft in places um I, we're obviously based in london here and there it's been a really 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 drying couple of days and the chase going stick reading was 6.2 that is nearing getting to good ground and that was yesterday so it's going to be i think it's going to it wouldn't surprise me at all if it was if it was good ground call um, um saturday so look again i'm hoping i'm hoping he will run but it, it's just something to bear in mind if, if you've got something um if you've got something in the back of your mind 
that you think he won't be as good on good ground, and I don't personally, then maybe he won't to take on at the prices because it's seven to four. I would say that is, you know, I wouldn't say it offers any value. It's a fair, fair bet. Yeah, he is coming into the race on the back of a fall, and it's almost remarkable to think that the only race that he finished prior to that is a year ago. Um, Kevin, I'd be in agreement with Rixie here, and, and Politolog is the one that I'm going to be backing. Um, am I off my head? Um, well, should we know that? That's a given. Um, <laughs> the second I said it, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, look, I'd, I'd agree with Rixie. I'm waiting patiently. He's there to be taken on at the price. Um, like, he's got to go and prove it at the highest level, doesn't he? I know he won this race last year, but that was a you know, cue card. 27-year-old cue card. 27-year-old cue card uh, who ended up getting pulled up at the, at the Cheltenham Festival. And for all that he got the standing ovation that day when, when that happened, and he was a great horse, he certainly wasn't what he had been. Well, sure, he, that was the only race he ran a step in all year, really, all season. Um, and sure, who knows what level he ran to. Frodon was below himself um, back in third. Top notch was below himself back and forth. So, you know... You're kind of, I know he, he's done it well, but you're kind of pulling a number out of, out of thin air and having a guess, really. Um, so I, I, in my mind, I don't know if waiting patiently is, is good enough just yet. I don't want to crown him before he gets there. If he bolts up on this, he'll be there. But um, good luck to him at the price. Um, and I'll take him on with a horse that is forever underrated. Um, old Foxy. Fox I, give, I, give, I, give, I give Foxy a great chance here. Um, been a super horse over the years. We haven't seen loads of him in recent years, but uh, like he's, he's very unexposed. That what I have felt for a long time would be his best trip of around two and a half. Uh, the only time we get we got to see him over that trip was at Aintree a couple of years ago, and he smashed up a sub lieutenant who was running to a good solid level at the time. Uh, the King George last year, we could forget about that, and you know he hasn't had any other chance to run over two and a half. You know, which is which is surprising you know he's good enough to go close in a, in, a, in a weak champion chase he's been he's bet up some very good horses over two miles over the years but I think two and a half might be his best trip uh, his comeback behind LTR was perfectly sufficient he's a horse that has that has I know he, I know he's gone and won when he's been fresh before but I just get the impression with him he's always been better for a run and um, I, I give him a chance to improve from the run the last day and, uh, and yeah, look, I think that this is a great chance for him at, uh, at a trip that should really suit him on a surface that'll be just fine for him. And yeah, Fox Norton. Um, there's no scumbag each way baggery in this race, but I'd give him a great chance of winning the race. I like this confidence as well. And Puppy Power comes over for the ride. He's widely available at six to one. And he was taking on the mighty Altior last time out. So he had no chance of winning that race. He's beaten Politolog before. Ah. Oh and it just and look like Rixie says uh, there, there was a um, there was a going update this morning that good to soft soft in places dry forecast uh, becoming milder so so it's not a million to one that waiting patiently could come out um, you'd obviously have a rule four given this is a day of race market at this stage but it would certainly make his task in winning the race um, that little bit easier but I think it's six to one where they're waiting patiently uh, even if waiting patiently stays in I think that's very fair old Foxy. Always underrated. And the studio is still filled with Fox's fruits um, because they oh, keep stop. on coming because I keep on eating them. Oh, they're so nice. And this podcast brought to you by Fox's fruits. Um, I'm going to play uh, the reverse lad, forecast. Lads, if you have any idea, like he, he said that there and you might kind of might have passed you by a little bit. Oh, okay, Kennedy likes Fox's fruits. If you had any idea how many Fox's fruits Kennedy eats of a day, Honest to God, now it it would it would put his coffee problem, like like I wish to call it, into real context. Good Jesus, there is buckets of Fox's fruits. I tell you, Kenneth, when you do eventually drop, and it's not a million miles away, I suspect. Donate your body to science, because Jesus Christ, you're inside. Oh God, Kevin, God. can you remember how many bags of Fox's fruits I bought the last time we flew together in the airport? Literally half a dozen, I'd say. Would that be right? Uh, I'd say even more. Oh, I'd say it actually Christ. was Honestly, 12. lads. Remember, it's I filled the laptop bag up with it, the carry-on bag. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good. And I don't buy the bags anymore. Now I buy, like, little small cases of them. It's like a, it's a little, like, a plastic jar, but it's a giant jar. <laughs> Jesus. Like, so Blake has some of them when he's, when he's here. 
in the Final Four Podcast studio. No, I don't anymore. You've actually ruined them for me. You, you've totally ruined them for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what could possibly go wrong with a man that has literally 20 coffees a day, mm-hmm. about a kilo of Fox's fruits, yep. and lives on prescription, really powerful prescription medications? What could possibly go wrong? Nothing. It's, it's, it's a flawless system that is getting me through the day. S- system working well, send more medication. <laughs> You've just reminded me, actually, after this podcast, I do have to go to the chemist and refill my prescription. So thanks for that, Kev. Um, I'm doing the, the Politolog Fox Norton reverse forecast. Um, sorry, waiting patiently, fans, but that's the way I'm going to play it. The 245 at Ascot is the Betfair Denman Chase. Whoa, whoa, uh, Emmett, will you, um, sorry, will you throw back to Oh, sorry, Rixie, I've got your non-too-subtle... Uh, announcement there yes you'd like me to point back to you so that you can make another observation on the race go on Rixie yeah well a couple of observations surname for me here is just a joke price oh it's ridiculous isn't it I'm glad you said that yeah like how how is he ahead of the likes of Politologue in this market I just I really don't know um and Fox Norton as well the the race he won the last day at um, at Ascot over this, I think it was this course and distance. Look, visually it was it was dynamite, but it was a bit of a freak race to be honest. Like he got loose on the lead in a handicap, and you know he was rated one fifty going into that race, and now all of a sudden he's a one six five horse. So like, what is he, has he just improved a stone out of all recognition? But but um, but, but I, I can't have him. The official figures. <laughs> he won a handicap by 21 lengths off a mark of 150. He must be a green one horse. <laughs> Blake is going after all the handicappers today. He's going after trends analysis. He's going after official ratings, times. Oh, sorry. Justice for exactly. the Bulger and Overnia. <laughs> <laughs> Disgrace. <laughs> but yeah, Cross country farm. If if you remember back earlier in the Seals Kitchen of JP McManus's, he won a similar kind of contest. It was, you know, it was just freakish looking on the day. So look, I think surname has to be taken on at the prices. Um, um, and just one point about Politolog I, I'd make. What's interesting about him is that they actually took the hood off him when he ran behind Alzior the last day, uh, which I thought was in. Interesting. So now he's going up in trip with the hood off. And he was pretty key now behind Altior the last day, but that just could have been freshness. He he ran well. He looked happy to be back and all that. But that just would be something I'd point out in terms of him stepping up in trip with the hood off. But uh, I do have a bet in here, and I'm going to go with the old, the old lovely betting without market. Ah. And it's actually the... It's actually the outsider of, of the field, um, ASO for Venetia Williams and Charlie Deutsch. Uh, this lad now, he's won two handicaps this year, but Jesus, he's been seriously impressive. He's he's bolted up off 150 and he's bolted up off 158. And each time he's got to the front doing absolutely sweet bugger Jesus nothing. <laughs> absolutely nothing. And this horse just, he could still easily be kind of like ahead of his mark. I know that's kind of a more of a handicap phrase, but... To me, physically, he looks like a horse who is at the peak top physical kind of um, peak of his game. So I am going to play him without waiting patiently. I think that is the potential value bet in the race. The boys at Coral are surely going to do a fair price on that. Surely. Come on, lads. There has to be. Come on now. There has to be a fair price for Rixie on that one because he's pushing a market. 16 to one in the straight market, mm. we will take 14s without. <laughs> Nothing greedy. I, I'm loving that logic, by the way. I'm absolutely loving that logic. Uh, 15s is fair, I think. Yeah, yeah, we'll take we'll, we'll take two points sure. off. 14s, grand. The shy boy gets no sweets. Uh, ask for, <laughs> ask true, for it. True. Ask for it, and and maybe you shall receive. So come on, Carl. Give us a fair old, old without betting there on A. So um, he's going to be down the field anyway, so he'll be all right. Uh, the two forty-five. I tell you what, Rixie. I tell you what. I actually might back that. I actually might do that bet, but only if we're getting a very fair offer from Carl. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Come on, lads. Come on, come on, come on. It's only fair. Uh, I said earlier on before we started recording that Clandis Obo has a walkover, to which Kevin Blake said, 
Ah. No, actually, what Kevin Lake said was what? Um, yeah, when he made some kind of noise. Yeah, he was he was not <laughs> impressed with me saying that at all. And then I remembered, oh, you're a huge Terrafort fan who is currently three to one. Clan Desobo with the absence of Native River two to five. Coney Gree, non-runner, I presume six to one, and the rest don't count. So Terrafort, Kev, do you make him a bet at threes against Clan Desobo? I think he's not, he's a reasonable price now. Um, I thought he shaped... Look, he's unexposed compared... Well, look, I think he, there's still more to come from him. I thought I liked him as a novice last season. I think he, he's very much unexposed over this type of trip. He shaped really well, I thought, in the Cotswold. I thought he was coming there to win. And um, Daryl Jacob, you know, I think was of the opinion that he just blew up. He was coming there to win. He just blew up. Uh, so I think he, sh- he should take a fair bit of benefit from that race. And look, Clandis Obo. If what he did in the King George is real, you know, you can justify him being an odds-on shot, but is it real? Is that as good as it looked? You know, you have might bite there, clearly, um, clearly not himself this season. Waiting patiently um, didn't complete. Bristol DeMay didn't complete. Pilotlog didn't run to himself. Native River hates the place. Thistle crack is held together with sticky tape and, and band-aids. You have, finally, you're admitting that. Finally. Yes, um, Blake, he's giving it to everybody today. This is the best <laughs> podcast ever. Everybody's getting and, it. And I love I love a bit of Thistle crack now, but I just struggle to believe that he's operating at that level um, after, after everything that's gone on. So, Clan the Zobo, what did he achieve? He might look. None of that is Clan the Zobo's fault. He went and did his job, but... He's being priced up as if there's no doubts. And for me, there's definitely doubts. So he's officially rated a stone higher than Altera 4. Um, he has to give him away three pounds here. So I, I take my chance with Terra 4. You know, th- this is this is is proving time for, for Clandis Obo. He's got to show that fellas like me with that sort of line of opinion are talking absolute rubbish and needs to go and prove himself going into the Gold Cup. I'm delighted we're getting to see him again before the Gold Cup. Um, because I'd be asking the same questions of him if he'd gone straight to the Gold Cup. So we'll get to see now. We'll, we'll get to see. Um, yeah, you you know you always respect Nichols' opinion. He seems to think that you know this was always a Grade One horse. He, it was just the case of him putting together, putting it together, which he may have done in the King George. But I'm just cautious to to crown him based on that. So um, at the odds, I think you're getting a fair price about old Terrafor, who has a bit to prove himself. But I think there's a very solid reason to think he can improve on what he did the last day and and that might just put him in the mix so I'll go Terra 4 okay I really like Clan Sobo and I find it difficult that he would be beaten here Rixie and would be disappointed if he was but but Kevin makes a fairly persuasive argument or do you want to just spit in the face of his comments no, no, I, I, I'm liking Blake today. Blake has given everyone both barrels. This is fantastic. I think I'm Blake actually, is going to be booked starting on. to like Kevin Blake. I think he's starting to enter the current affairs commentary like myself, and he's he's um, he's going to start making appearances on Question Time. He'll be sitting there beside Aaron Banks saying, Tell us about the Russian money! Tell us about the Russian money! You knew! You knew! And uh, it'll be bright. It'll be fantastic TV. It'll be absolutely epic. And I, I personally can't wait for it. And of course, this is Kevin Blake, future politician, fixing the roads of Tipperary. <laughs> now, there we go, lads. All it took was one rant. Main road in Tipperary. Serious problem for years. Fixed. Leading you, he's coming for you next. He's coming for you next. <laughs> um, yeah, everybody's getting it from Kevin today. I don't quite know why, but uh, there you go. I'm like, I'm like I'm like a horse that's been locked up with equine flu. I haven't exercised for about a week and a half, and I'm planning on going for a run immediately after this podcast. I'm a bit, I'm a bit jibby. That's what's going on here now. Mm, you're getting all that aggression out now through your vocal oh, yes. cords. So tell LD to stick a hood in you there. <laughs> I'll be in serious danger of going off too quick now. <laughs> uh, the, the, this it's, is... lovely, it's a lovely day, lads. The sun is shining. I'm excited. In, in you and Obingo here. Terra Fort, uh, do you agree, Rixie, or are you dead against Kevin's comments? Uh, no, I, I think Kevin makes a good point. And just kind of what I'd add further to that is Terra Fort gets three pounds off Clan Desobo here. And the other thing I would add is um, this this season maybe has been a little bit different for Paul Nichols. He's um, he's going to Chelsea. 
them in some of the big races uh, with with real live contenders. And I think kind of up until, you know, the last couple of few seasons, Paul has been getting all the money in all the, the great threes, the great twos, the handicap, uh, the handicaps, because he hasn't had the, the kind of the really top level outstanding horses. He's got Clandazobo this year. He's got Frode on. Uh, unfortunately, Dynamite Dollars is gone uh, out for the season. But what that means is Paul is now training these horses for Cheltenham. And that is probably another edge for Terrafor because Clandazobo is not going to be ripe here. He's not going to have a hard race. Whereas the other, on the other hand, Terrafor is probably going to, he's going to improve on his last run and he's getting three pounds. So yeah, look, I, I, I'd agree with Kev. I think three to one is, is a fair price. Uh, and I, I'd give Conagree a mention here as well. Lad. He's, he's entered up in a few races around this weekend, but... <laughs> Uh, Jesus, he ran an absolute cracker on his seasonal debut behind Rock de Casbah, uh, this, this year's Grand National winner, by the way, at the Cheltenham November meeting. Like, he ran an absolute screamer there. Um, that was over a trip further than this, but even in, in the, the, the King George, he, he, was, he was bang there turning for home, and he probably went off a little bit quick. Um, Nico de Bonville knows this horse probably a bit better than Sean Bowen. Uh, and even though he's 12, if Nico's back on, you know, he'd probably get, he, it'll be a smaller, less competitive field. If he gets the fractions right, he, he could run well. And he's getting six pounds off Clandazobo and three pounds off Terrafor. But yeah, look, I, I thought it was good to give him a positive mention, Cohen agree, because he's still operating. I like the fact that good level, but yeah. Kevin started giggling and laughing when you said Conigree's name, but you actually had a serious point to make about him. And to be fair, yeah, I did, I did. <laughs> and if you remember, I think I was on for the the November meeting pod, and we were slagging about ah, that that Conigree's not going to run, sure, he's wrapped up in cotton wool, and then he came out and ran his screamer in the ran, of handicap. Ran that, showed, that showed you for slagging that, up. race of his that's life. That's exactly it. Race of his life. I have to say, d- despite what Kevin has said, I I just think Terrafort falls short of Gold Cup class and you go back and look at the King George look at how Harry Cobden rode Clandazobo that day absolute yeah, supreme confidence he does but it, is this going to be Terrafor's kind of Gold Cup where Clandazobo is you know well if so well, let's let's say for argument's sake Clandazobo runs five pounds below his King George level Terrafor runs five pounds above his um, his last run at Cheltenham and he's getting three pounds so I think yeah, I think three to one is a is, is a is a fair enough bet actually. Fair point, lads. Fair point. I I can't back him myself, but I'll I'll be the first to tweet congratulations to you if he goes and does it. Uh, quick note on the Reynoldstown novices chase. Uh, Glenn Rocco, who uh, Jeremy Kyle gave a big mention to in the podcast not so long ago, and and did it in grand did, did style. He, did 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 he surprise you when he came on the podcast? Oh, guy? I was stunned. <laughs> stunned, I was. <laughs> Um, You've never mentioned it. No, no, no. First time, first time I've ever heard of it. But uh, to be fair, <laughs> final Furlong podcast listeners were on, and uh, when he when he won at Kempton, and I'd imagine Jeff. he'll be suited by this. Um, Jeremy Coyle, he's probably profiting as we speak because some fellow is fessing up on live TV that he's riding his sister on Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! I did not expect <laughs> incest. I wasn't expecting Game of Thrones. Um, Jamie Lannister. Yeah, well, I've seen worse. <laughs> Jamie and Cersei. He doesn't run here, by the way, it. Glenn Rocco. Uh, Glenn Rocco is out. Here. Oh, it's a shame. Yeah, I think he is. Does he declare at Sandown? There was. No. Was it Sandown? Or am I thinking of a different horse? Uh, there wasn't. Yeah, a... never mind me. Anyway. He won't win this anyway. He's not good enough. Okay, so who, who gonna... are you interested in? <laughs> uh, look, I think this is a bad. Um, bad renewal of the Reynolds Town, but I think it could be a good race going forward. Looking at the Cheltenham handicaps, if I'm honest, there's not nothing in here will win the RSA. Um, be pretty confident about that. Um, ooh, it's a good little race. I don't think Yali uh, Yaltari's going to run for Vinny De Graham might be gone against him um, Topfield Ben d- definitely deserves a mention used to be with Nicky Henderson has now gone up north to Philip Kirby and Philip Kirby has done a really, really good job with him um, he is two for two over fences uh, he won last time out by 46 lengths that it probably do- it, it definitely does flatter in that distance I think a Donald McCain horse departed company at the third last I think it was but the, the one horse I am interested in here is the Colin Tizard horse, Mr. Malarkey. He, he 
only kind of crept onto my radar now the last day at Newbury. And it was a handicappy one, but Jesus, he bit a horse called Carl's de Frutier by 13 lengths, um, given him three pounds and he was doing absolutely sweet bugger jazzes up the whole way of the straight. <laughs> he bolted up, ears pricked. He, I think 142 is a fair mark for him. Um, yeah, I, if, if his, his jumping is maybe a little bit of a worry, but it was good late in the race, which is a positive going forward. I think he could win here and maybe be of interest in one of the the handicaps at the, at the Cheltenham Festival. Like but yeah, ultimate? look, it's... it's it, it, yeah, yeah, like the ultimate. Yeah, exactly. I, I, this race, you know, generally it, it, it has an impact maybe on the RSA or maybe one of the, the graded races. But I think this year it won't. And as I said earlier, I think just keep an eye out for horses that are going to maybe, maybe be running in the handicap. Okay. Um, at the festival. It's another race at Ascot that Glen Rocco has entered for, by the way. He seems to have been taken out of the race of the other track. Uh, just a 13 length win for Mr. Malarkey last time. Uh, is that where you're looking, Kevin, or elsewhere? Uh, I have no opinion on this race, but do you want, uh, do you want a quick Reynolds Town story? Please. Completely random now. There about, gee, 15 years ago, I'd say. Um, I was up at my grandparents' house and I was helping them clear out and I was spare room, right? Bear with me now. Right. And there was an old frame picture there of an old landscape scene, you know, something that, you know, wouldn't set you a light now. And I kind of shoved it out the door and said, right, do you want this? And I said, no, 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 you can throw that away. So I started busting down the frame anyway to get it all out and get the glass separated and so on and so forth. And there was something in behind the, the picture kind of holding it out against the glass. And you know what it was? It was Reynolds It was a down. frame... It was a framed picture of Reynolds Town signed by Frank Furlong, who rode him to win the 1935 Grand National. Uh, my, I think it was my granduncle was a big racing man, and they reckon that it might it somehow ended up back in the house and was got given that job. And uh, I got in touch with the Aintree Museum, and long story short, it's in there now. And uh, I'm fairly sure now, and I'm open to correction, but I, I researched it at the time. And it's stuck in my head. And again, there's millions of people who know more about this than me. But I believe Frank Furlong was subsequently killed in action as a fighter pilot in World War II and is kind of remembered as a bit of a hero. So uh, they're, they're delighted to get that. I mean, it's, it's still there. So there you go. Reynolds Town, Frank Furlong. So, Kev, just remind me, because didn't we go looking in the Aintree Museum uh, at, during the Grand National meeting last year, but couldn't find it. I went looking for it. I got in touch with with, your, with the woman that um, that I'd been dealing with 15 years ago. I sent an email after her, you know, 15 year old email address. What chances is it still active? It was, and I got in touch with her. And what they do for the Grand National meeting is they kind of clear out all. It, it, it's different for the Grand National meeting. They clear it out and kind of put it in different places. And I only emailed her, I think, on the Friday or the Thursday before the race. And they couldn't track it down, but she assured me it's there. And if I gave them more notice this year, they'll have it ready for me to to make to inspect it. Aintree, <laughs> and have a look at it again. Aintree have it ready. And I can confirm Frank Furlong was killed in an air crash in 1944. Earlier in 1941, he'd taken part in an operation to sink the Bismarck when he had to ditch oh, uh, the North Atlantic. Where did you get this? This is from, uh, to give it full, I've never, I've never seen this site before. It's Jockeypedia. Jockeypedia is what it's called. Okay. Um, if you just Google Frank Furlong Jockey, uh, this comes up and it says that... Um, ah, nice. I see, I see. He'd taken part in an operation to sink the Bismarck when he had to ditch in the North Atlantic and he spent 48 hours adrift in a dinghy before being picked Gosh. up. Unbelievable. Jesus. Uh, not only a Grand National winning jockey and hero, but also a war hero too. Uh, remarkable individual. Um, that's, yeah, that's that, a that random, story, that random story for you now. Yeah, I the didn't. Things, things that turn up. I didn't realize the uh, the the war aspect of that story. I, I, that that had, had somehow not been in my mind, but um, I, I knew about the Reynoldstown picture because uh, I remember looking for it with you last year. Um, right. Anything else on the card at Ascot that you would like to touch on, lads? Rixie, we'll start with you. Um, yeah, just the the opening novice hurdle there. It's going to be run run at 12.30 is really, really interesting. Uh, there's, 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 a, there's three horses that I give a mention to there. Um, I can't explain as one. The old, our, our friend of the, the fur, final furlong podcast, Danny Corwin, he is in there actually as well. Not sure if he's going to run or not, but uh, if they all run, it could be really, 
could be a seriously informative race. Um, this could pass as a grade three, and that was hurdle for me. Uh, there's one I would give special mention to now, and I'm not sure if he's going to run, but but Philip Hobbs trains a horse there called Desha Abba, and I absolutely loathe to mention the word Desha because it's associated with Waterford, and Waterford people are the worst people in the world. <laughs> but this is a serious horse. I think he's a good one, lads. I think he's a good one. Pure raw talent got him through at, uh, at Chepstow in a good time. Uh, he was keen the whole way, jumps like an absolute buck. He hasn't run since, unfortunately, so I don't know if he's having a bit of a setback, if he had a bit of a setback. But I t- found it was interesting that Philip Hobbs put him in the, the Ballymore and the Albert Bartlett, um, which suggests to me they like him at home and maybe that he's going well. But look, I don't know about backing him now because I think there's like 25 or 26 horses in there. Mm. But it's a, a really interesting race. It'll be really informative going forward. I think it'll it'll have um, it'll have huge ramifications for the Cheltenham Festival. He's one <laughs> to add to the At The Races tracker for sure. Also, yes. how dare you? I have family who are from Waterford and they are absolutely uh, enough, enough said. Lovely well, there people. you go. Half Kilkenny, half Waterford. That explains the, everything. The Dunphys from Waterford are absolute legends. and I won't have a bad word said about them, but the rest of Waterford can go and sing. Um, Kevin Blake. <laughs> Um, I, I would echo Rixie there actually Daisha Abba I don't know if they like misnamed this horse you, you think it should be Daisha Abu but I don't know maybe that maybe Daisha Abba means something else entirely correct me if I'm wrong as always listeners um, I was impressed with him now he I, I just you wonder about the way they're going with this horse because he's a winning point to pointer um, but geez he ran over kind of an extended two mile three that day at Chepstow and uh, geez he didn't go through the race like a three miler now they, they had a hood on him <laughs> And uh, Jesus, he tanked. And uh, Richard Johnson was doing his very best the whole way to bury him and get him a bit of cover and get him settled. And uh, he's pulled like a Mustang the whole way through the race. And he's pulled his way kind of into the race. Kind of he's arrived to the front there, basically three out because uh, Johnson can't hold him any longer. And uh, he seems to have idled away the whole way once he's in front. So if he were mine, I'd be dropping into two miles. But it doesn't seem like that's the way they're thinking at the minute. Um, I assume the thought is to just to persist over longer trips and persist with trying to bury him and just try to get him to, to relax and do the right thing. But um, it wouldn't be a shock to me now in the fullness of time if he ends up being drafted two miles. Um, but yeah, I'd be excited about him as well. I think he, he looks yeah. a lovely prospect. Yeah, you want a and, point, and the- point for Kieran Purcell at Drumahan. Uh, that was a very hotly contested race as well, actually. And um, it didn't cost a fortune in in the scheme of things for Trevor and Hebbings to get him, but... He he looks like a Jeez, horse. He was cheap, under, wasn't he? Sixty six. Was he sixty grand or wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. Sixty six thousand pounds for for like look, that's that's a considerable amount of money, but not in the racing game. It's not not these days. Jeez, um, absolutely pennies. And you would for think that Irish point to pointers. Yeah, big time. And and you'd you'd think with the way he runs that a fast pace would suit him. So if if we're getting. You know, if we're, and he's got a real willingness to go and win as well because he, he looked, I'm just reading some of the notes here, it looked as though he had no chance of winning that, that uh, point-to-point race and yet managed to fly uh, late. So, yeah, he's he's a very, very interesting one. Rixie, your, your comment the, on him? Yeah, sorry. And, and the mare that he bet, uh, Stuart Edmonds, the last day at Chepstow, Queen of Hearts, came out and won a listed ma- uh, mare's novice hurdle at Haydock mm, uh, there we go. before Christmas. So this is the next suit. <laughs> that's that could be 66 grand well spent for trevor hemmings shall we go to goran park which yes. is the proper pronunciation of it goran park goran not goran dear god the two mile four red mills chase is the race we'll talk about presenting percy is back to his beloved Goran again, and he's a well, not quite long on on. He's six to four on, uh, and Monolly looks as though it's going to be the big one to face him for Henry de Bromhead. Uh, we had thoughts of Footpad taking him on, Kevin, but this is the way it looks now. Uh, Ed Wolf is in there as well. Alpha de Sobo. It's not going to be that easy because Monolly is a, a very, very good horse, but I'm presuming the connections of presenting Percy would be bitterly disappointed if they got beaten here. Um, yeah, this isn't necessarily going to be the race we kind of hoped it would be. Our footpad and album photo weren't even given an entry, mm-hmm. haven't been kind of point, haven't been talked of as being contenders for this race. But but there you go, as the man says. Um, do you know what? what? What you said there about Percy. Look, he should win. 
he should win. He's a favourite for the Gold Cup. We know he's not slow. But I just wouldn't be... I wouldn't be depressed if he was beaten. And it wouldn't be a complete shock to me if he was. You just, just cast your mind back to this race last year. Um, it took a real good one to beat him, in fairness, in, in our Duke. But, you know, our Duke was giving him seven pounds that day. And you, you just remember, just cast your mind back to Davy Russell that day and the way he rode Percy. He was very easy on him. I think he gave him one behind the saddle and a few down the shoulder. You know, I think, I suspect, and I could be totally wrong, I suspect they'll probably come into this race with a similar mindset, as in, if he wins, magic, but we're not going to give him a hard race either way. And Monalee's no joke. Monalee's a very good horse, and I have suspected for quite a while that a mid-range trip like this will suit Monalee better than, than three miles and three miles plus. So it just wouldn't be a shock to me you now if Manali made a proper race of this and uh, maybe even put it up to Percy. So um, that, that's all I'd say. Like, if you were having a bet, it'd prob- probably be Manali. Um, I'll be going on Saturday and I won't be needing a bet to, to liven this up because it's a proper contest in prospect. And uh, I, I have a feeling it'll be a massive crowd on Saturday and a great day. Uh, if you've never been to Goran Park, this is a good day to go. It's a beautiful race course. Great. You'd always have a great day there. The forecast looks good, lads. So get out on your way and go to Goran if you can at all. Should be a great race. But I just, I, I, you know, he's four to six. But geez, lads, I wouldn't be expecting a procession for Percy. And if he does make this a procession, we can get really overexcited about the Gold Cup. Odds on for the Cheltenham Gold Cup if he makes this an absolute procession. I fully agree with you, Kev. I fully, fully agree with you. I think that's some excellent points well made. Rixie, you're taking the race? Yeah, I kind of um, echo similar um, sentiments there to Kev. Uh, presenting Percy, you know, is a, is a three proper three mile chaser. Mona Lee is definitely a um, kind of an intermediate trip chaser. He, for me, Mona Lee is like a he's a bit of a strange horse. I don't know what it is. Um, he, he, this, I think if Mona Lee's going to win a race at the top level, he needs to go out and maybe win it in the midsection or the early section of the race and use his jumping because he's quite he just seems to finish a bit weakly sometimes. I don't know what it is. Sometimes now, I don't know. I, I'm actually of the opinion Mona Lee hasn't returned in, in, in really top order this year. I don't think he's improved at all in from his um, from his novice campaign. Uh, I had him down as a 155 novice, and I've got him running to as high as 151 this season. So, look, I don't know. Um, it's 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 Willie surely going to run something here. And if he, if he ran Backison... Although I think that the, the the original plan with him this season was to go over hurdles, I think Backison getting what's he getting seven pounds off Mona Lee? And he's getting seven pounds off presenting Percy. He, he, he has multiple entries now. The way I go now, with the so prices, he, he, has he? he has, I'd say he's entered in the the buying hurdle as well, Rixie. So it wouldn't be a certainty he'd go. Could yeah. well do now, but the the, the buying yeah. would look a softer option than this. So, okay. but but again, you know, would he want his bingo? Who knows. Yeah, and then you know, t- you know, Annabelle Fly. I suppose we we shouldn't forget him. He he's entered in here, and he's going to be getting seven pounds off um, off those lads as well. So look, I I think this is just a really trappy race in terms of having a bet. If you were forced, maybe Monaly, but um, couldn't be. I'd say Kev has put that up already. I, I wouldn't have any great confidence. This is just a race to watch and get clues for the Owl Cheltenham Festival. Yeah, it's it. It's the kind of race you don't have to have a bet in, but if you do, maybe swerve presenting Percy this day. Yeah, uh, or if maybe... you do have a bet, just make sure it's the winner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wise advice, as always, there from Declan Ricks on the Final Problem Podcast. Um, I don't think either of you are particularly keen on the Red Mills trial hurdle, but we should talk about it because it will crisscross with the Boyne Hurdle at Navin. So, Kevin, I'll, I'll let you take the lead here. Um, Farkla has looked a shadow of the horse he was last year. Uh, Joseph's got one in. Durasso, I'm say you're fairly pleased with this. Um, I wouldn't say Farkla has looked a shadow. He's just looked the same. Uh, look, we, we've talked about it many times in the podcast. It's a big leap required for these juveniles to step up into open company. And uh, Farkla just hasn't made a step up. He's Like, his last run probably wasn't a million miles off his best juvenile form. Um, it's just not even close to being good enough at the highest level. Uh, so that's kind of that with Farkla. And he has a tough old task here because he's given away a grade one penalty. 
um, to everything. You know, so despite being a five-year-old taking on older horses, he's given away ten pounds plus to all of these. Um, well, sure, look what's going to beat him. Durasso's there. Uh, he's attractively in at the weights. The question mark here, if he runs, he has the Boyne hurdle as an option as well. Um, the Boyne would have been his intended target, but with the Red Mills looking so weak, um, there's definitely a decision to be made there tomorrow morning. But um, Durasso, the question mark would be whether he could be fully effective at two miles. Um, two and a half might be his ideal, but oh, you'd, be, you'd be tempted here. This is just so weak for a grade three that you'd have to be really tempted. And Forge Meadow, who, look, we know is a good operator. Uh, but look, she uh, she didn't make the smoothest of transitions to fences and her two runs over hurdles since wouldn't really set you alight now. So I don't think you'd be running scared of Forge Meadow either. And uh, and that's pretty much the top end of the market, isn't it? Yeah. Of course, Sublime is in there, a four-year-old getting loads of weight. Um, but yeah, geez, it wouldn't be... You know, of course, the blind, to be fair to him, was running a super race in a, in a grade two juvenile at, um, at Leopardstown that hasn't really worked out all that well, you'd have to say. But, yeah, this is windy, windy, windy. <laughs> and uh, I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to see Tarasso run, but we'll, uh, we'll wait and see what happens tomorrow morning. Um, and that, I suppose, gives us an opportunity to segue into Navin because we've got a, a fair, some of the horses we've already mentioned are entered up for the Boyne. And um, that's shaping up to be a stronger race. It's a grade two. Um, JP also has off you go for that. Who's favorite? Yeah, you'd wonder would he go there or would they hold on to him for a handicap at Cheltenham? I know he'd be up amongst the the, the higher weights and some of those handicaps, but um, you'd, you'd think maybe that might be more of his destination. Tiger Roll is going to run, as yes. far as I know. Yes, you were saying that He's on Monday, on gone. Tuesday show. Yeah, he's going to have his warm-up run here. Um, Durasso's in there as well. Um, Kraken Smart, who is a horse I really, really like, but, geez, he didn't show a jot on, on his return there at Leopardstown the last day. I'd love to see him show more because if he did, you know, you, he could be an interesting outsider for something like the Sayers Hurdle. Um, but I, I know that they'll just be kind of passing time until he goes chasing, but uh, I'd love to see him show a bit more than he did in his return. Backison is in there. Um Put, trying to put myself in Willie's mind, which we know is a, is a dangerous and scary thing to do. Um, you'd think this would be a more attractive option uh, than the Red Mills chase in terms of his relative chance in both. So again, we've been very non-committed with our Irish racing there pretty much all season because with the ground the way it is, and lads, it's still pretty spicy. Um, Goran will have a nice bit of juice in it, but it'll be spicy enough still at Navin. So... I just we're, we're just conscious that we don't want to spend too much time on it because the, an awful lot of these horses don't end up running uh, and we don't want to be to be wasting time as the man says yeah I mean it's it's well versed in you know Willie Mullins quote I think that grass is growing in January this is absolutely mental that just sums up Irish racing right now um, so there isn't yeah. there isn't a huge amount of point in us waffling on about what might run when they then don't that's why we analyze it instead of preview it too much because there's just no point and and if he if he does run god that run behind presenting percy was much more like it last time at at gore and if, if he turned up in the in the boyne he'd be interesting yeah he would for sure he's, he's just not a horse that i would have a wild amount of trust in um that, that was one of his better days in terms of jumping hurdles but he, he wouldn't be don't he enjoys it all that much Mm. Uh, so that that would just be always a concern with him um, and, I, and I think we better give a quick quick mention to the 10 up novice chase because this could be very much relevant to Cheltenham I think there's a few in there that could go on and be contenders um, Champagne Classic who of course is the worst horse Gigantown I've ever owned <laughs> dual grade one winner uh, Champagne Classic <laughs> I thought his chasing debut was very good at Nace um, they'll campaign him he's entered in the maiden chase as well over the weekend but uh, I'd be surprised if the O'Leary's ran him anywhere other than graded chase, graded novice chases for the rest of the season. And if he wins one, hip hip hooray. But if he doesn't, he's still a novice for next season. He could be one for the four miler potentially, potentially. Uh, so I, I keep an eye on him. Chris's dream is a very good horse. I just think he wants softer ground. Disco Rama, if he runs, could be very interesting. He'd be a horse I'd like for the four miler now. Really? Um, if if yeah, I, so, I like Disco Rama. So runner up in the Martin Pipe last season. And um, obviously was was running in the process of running a huge race behind Ballyward last time, who's second favourite for the four miler. 
he definitely was going to advance his his form claims from the Drinmore. Uh, don't know if he would have won that day, but you're making a pretty fair point there, Kev. If Ballyward is seven to two, three to one second favorite for the four miler, then Fiscarama was going to give him a race. So ipso facto, he's he's a player. Yeah, I think he'll just stay all day he, he really will and it'll just be interesting to see if they run because I know Paul Nolan has, has mentioned different targets for him he's talked about the, the possibility of a handicap that if he if he got a mark of 145 he might run him in the novice's handicap um, don't know if we get that I wouldn't be surprised if he got 146 yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah look, he's a horse that I've liked um, all season uh, he's been a bit of a work in progress now, but I, I, I'd love to see him go for the four miler. It would just be interesting to see if he if he lines up here. Maybe they just don't want to go to Cheltenham off the back of a fall. Uh, who knows? But he's one I, I I have quite a high opinion of, and I'd be watching closely if he goes here. And Kevin, the reason you highlight one forty six is that would take him out of the Kim Muir. Um, it would take him out of the novice's handicap chase as well. That's a, that's an off one forty five. Yeah, it'd be just just the kind of thing that would happen, isn't it? Just the kind of thing that would happen. Uh, has your connection... And the Irish bias. Has your connection... We're only messing, by the way. Uh, has your... Con- or are we? Are we? Are we? <laughs> <laughs> In each other's heads. Um, Kevin Blake, has your connection said to you that Burning Ambition, the Cheltenham Fox Hunter winner for 2019, is going to run at the weekend? Um, I haven't heard about this weekend um he's been beaten at a point to point since we last talked about mm. him um so no I, ha- I haven't heard anything but this would be shaping up to be uh this 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 will be the best hundred chase run in ireland if they line up you know you, you've got you cello <laughs> and um you've you've got gee salsify is still going fair play to him yep. um you've got uh however you pronounce it is, is a cru- uh, crush linen crush linen yeah uh thunder and roses for for the Irish National Stud Racing Club um, and uh, Sydney Paget, who, who's been a smashing horse in point to points uh, since the emergency. So, uh, yeah, this would be a proper race. I hope they all turn up. But again, I would just, I would just be a small bit cautious. Um, I suspect a few of these, the ground will be a small bit too spicy for us. Yeah. He's um, present. Good, is... good, good, good to spicy, spicy in places. Definitely. It, uh, to be fair, it's a stunning day here. In, in Kilkenny it's an absolute oh, we, we need to wrap this up I yeah we do it. we do this beautiful sunny still day come on and I have airline adverts to record beautiful world of voiceover <laughs> recording uh, <laughs> burning burning ambition are you, are you recording telling everyone that the Airbus 380 is no longer going to be made uh, funnily <laughs> enough one of these uh, voiceovers is being played on an Airbus A380, uh, but it will still be in service for many years to come, so it's not going to bother me. They're, they're <laughs> still going to be flying, so I still get paid. Imagine you go on a plane, and you sit yourself down, and you might be a small bit of an anxious flyer, and it's a, it's a long distance <laughs> flight now. You're going to be on the plane for eight or ten hours. You sit yourself down. And the safety notice comes on, and it's Kennedy reading it. Imagine. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Get me off. Get me off. If you recognize my voice on these, I'd be seriously impressed. But if you do, fair play. Uh, and yes, I may very well be the person saying, brace, brace. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, imagine. <laughs> Crash positions. Brace, brace. <laughs> Uh, also, I highly recommend you watch Air Crash Investigation before going on your next flight. It's a great idea. Do you know it? Never, show on TV. Never fails. Never fails. By the way, Kevin, a lot of people do listen to the Final Fallen podcast while flying, including a listener who was listening to multiple episodes while flying over Everest. Whose name have you forgotten? Totally forgotten. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Completely flying forgot. Flying over Everest. <laughs> Burning Ambition is entered for the weekend. He could very well be taking on Uccello Conti and uh, Jacques Ricou. <laughs> that was Italian. <laughs> and, 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 a pepperoni pizza, Uccello Conti. Did you not know <laughs> that Uccello is Italian? Uccello is Italian. <laughs> oh, Christ. Come on, wrap this up. I want to go, go have. <laughs> I actually need to go to record this, is, this, this stuff. Just, I seriously have to. I have, a, I have a deadline to, to get to. Um, <laughs> is there anything else that you want to talk about for the weekend's racing? <laughs> Declan Ritz. 
no, 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 I'm good. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I really hope Burning Ambition runs and um, gets to showcase his stuff, puts Salsify, Sydney Padgett, who's been running since World War II, and Uccello Conti in their place, becomes <laughs> two to one favorite for the, for the Fox Hunter, and we're all on, and happy days. That's it. Uh, best bets for the weekend, gentlemen, Declan Ricks. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh you caught me on the hop. <laughs> Go on, I'm, I'm, I, I, I actually, I think I like Aso without um, waiting patiently. Actually, all right, I'm doing that bet then. Sorry for mocking you earlier on. I sincerely apologise. I'm doing that bet. Um, Kevin Blake. Who would have thought I would ask you for a best bet in the weekend preview? <laughs> I, I'll stick up Foxy, Fox Norton, and the, the Ascot Chase. Double. Find one more. Give me one more for a patent. Did they leave you out too? <laughs> Done. <laughs> By the way, just remember you can't do a patent because Aso is running against. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. Balls. We'll have to. We'll have to figure out a different alternative. Oh, Terraform. Aso without the favourite. And did they leave you out too? Done. Uh, g- give your money to charity. Serious value. <laughs> that's that's where we're going to make the big bucks this weekend. That's our patent for the weekend. Uh, let's go for it. Right from Kevin Blake. Good luck. From Declan Ricks. See ya. He'll be back again very soon. And for me, Emmett Kennedy, thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. If you're flying, brace. Brace. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you soon on the Final Furlong Podcast. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly sponsored by Coral. Look out for exclusive Final Furlong Smart Boosts on attheraces.com. The smart money's on Coral. BeGambleAware.org 18 plus. Have you downloaded the free At The Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheracescom forward slash app for more details.